I want you to stand with me right now as we're going to read uh, the Word of God together. We're in this, this series called Press On. Will you say that with me? Press on. And that's what we're doing. Some of you right now, tonight, you probably in a season that you need to press on. Sometimes you have to press on. Paul experienced it. Many men and women of the Bible, heroes of the faith, uh, went through seasons where they had to press on. Tonight, I want to read, if you would read with me, this is our three theme scripture out of Philippians 3, 11, I'm sorry, uh, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. It's going to be right there. And if you will read it with me on three, everyone on three, you ready? Wonderful. I love it whenever I say you ready and like two people, yeah. Well, then I have to wait till you get ready, right? On three, one, two, three. Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Last week we talked about what were some of those prizes and goals that Paul was pressing into. Obviously, one of the greatest prizes is heaven. But on our way, there's goals. We each have personal goals, but there are spiritual goals. Uh, I think one major goal for uh, the Apostle Paul was the gospel be preached in areas that had never been preached before. And he did five, at least five evangelistic journeys in order to do that. And so right now, you're probably going through different things in your life. Last week, I asked everyone, if you're going through something, raise your right hand. And it was probably about 99% or more of people that were going through things. Well, I want to let you know there's times where you have to press on. So go ahead and high five your neighbor and tell them to press on. Wonderful. Tonight I titled this great, The Great Obstacle. Will you say that with me, The Great Obstacle? Great. An obstacle is a thing that blocks one way or prevents or hinders. So it, it blocks away, it blocks away, something maybe blocking your way of the goal or calling on your life, something that blocks, something that hinders, or something that prevents. I want to talk to you about the great obstacle. I think there is one uh, obstacle that the enemy uses. You could call it a tool. You could call it a device. You can call it what it is a spirit that would block you, prevent, hinder you from pressing on? What is it that causes people to give up and to give in and throw in the towel, to walk out on their calling from obtaining their prize? There's something that the enemy uses, and I want to I wanna hit that tonight. I think if I could term it this way, I want to go after that to see people freed in this room from this obstacle that I think is the number one, not two or three, the number one device the enemy uses in your life that would cause you to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not pressing, I'm not going on any longer. There is a obstacle. Pray with me as we dive into this tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Heaven and earth, they're going to go away, but not your word. Father, you send your word. Your word does not return void. Your word, you spoke and created something out of nothing. Your word became flesh and dwelt among us. A man, if he meditates on the word, he's going to be prosperous in all areas. So, Father, I just pray that you, by your spirit, would speak to us tonight. We're asking for word and spirit, the sword of the spirit now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, have you ever been at a stoplight before and, 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 and someone is there at the green light, but they're stopped? Even better than that, have you been driving in your car 
and stopped at a green light and your wonderful spouse or another backseat driver looks at you and goes, it's not going to get any greener. <laughs> Have you, any of you ever done that before? You know, the gospel, this, this, this thing that we live is like a green light. There's so much of the green light when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We go and we make disciples. Go and heal the sick. And go and preach this good news. Go. Jesus said this, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What my point is, is that when it comes to Jesus and Jesus following, uh, a lot of it has to do with go, okay? And with that, with that go, there is something that causes people to stop at a green light whenever they should be going. I, I drove for UPS for a very short amount of time, and we did a lot of training. It was amazing, the training they taught us on lifting a box. But they also uh, taught us park in such a way that you don't use reverse. And so that was a big thing. Well, why? Because when you're in reverse, uh, it's way more risky. When you're going backwards, there's a lot of risk involved and a lot of accidents that takes place. Now, think about that in your own life, going in reverse, going backwards, the risk that's involved, even looking in a mirror. If you look in a mirror and all of a sudden you look at words, they're all what? Everyone say backwards. They're all backwards. So going in reverse in our Christian life can be very, very, very risky. There is an obstacle, a tactic the enemy uses in your life to stop you at a green light, to get you to not moving forward. Matter of fact, to get you in moving reverse. What causes an amazing son or daughter of God to have a life of what ifs? Say that with me, what ifs. Have you ever had any what, what ifs in your life? What if, what, what, if, uh, uh, what if death is the outcome of this situation? What, what, what if she never changes or what if he never changes? What, what, if, what if the deal doesn't come through? What, what, if, what if the cell doesn't go through? What, what if I, I invite them to church? What will their response be? What if I'm not qualified to be in the ministry? What if no one, I start a city group and no one comes to it? What, 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 if, what if they say no? What if I fall? What if I don't make the class? What if I get cut? What if I get fired? What if, what if I get eaten on the mission field? Right? What, what, you know, our minds can be full of the what is. What if something's under my bed or something's in the dark or what if something's in the closet? What if, what, and our mind can be full of what ifs and a what if, listen to me right now, will keep you stopped at a green light. What if Paul lived his life with the what ifs. What if he lived this, this life? What if I get stoned? What, what if I get beat with rods? What if I get shipwrecked? What if I get in prison or in jail? What, what if I get, uh, what if I fail? What if, what if people don't like me? What if people leave me? Because at one point, almost, it looked like everybody left him or, or most of his friends left him. What if, and, and Paul didn't live that way. Because we know that he was stoned and we know that he was shipwrecked. We know he was beaten with rock. We know he was in prison. We know that he was left with death. We know that many of his friends left him because he did not live a life that way. Nothing, it didn't seem like these things kept him from hindering or stopping the call of God on his life. But Paul continued to do something. He continued to press on. Paul, listen, seemed to be missing something from his life that the church today is not missing. Let me, let me make sure I say that very clearly and you get that. Paul seemed to be missing something from his life that the church today is not missing. Do you know what Paul was missing? 
Who said it? Who said it? Say it real loud. Fear. Fear. Say that with me, fear. Paul was missing something from his life that the church is not missing. Paul was missing fear from his life. Something that I really want missing from my life. Something that you should want missing from your life. How many people in this room right now are hindered in doing many things that God really honestly wants you to do? And how many of you do weird things, wrong things, because of this thing called fear? I think as I searched deeply, I thought about this and I thought there's one main ingredient that the enemy uses in your life, my life, in believers' lives to keep us from pressing on. And it's this thing called fear. And we see this beautiful, beautiful Paul. He was missing something in his life. He was missing this thing called fear because Paul looked unhindered. He didn't really care if you liked him or not. He would confront Peter and he would do radical things for the gospel of Jesus Christ because he was fearless. I want to read this scripture. I, I, I find this scripture beautiful. I, even in prayer, as we was coming in, heart prep, by the way, we always have heart prep at 15 after the hour. We'd love to have you. 1 John 4.18 says this. There is no, I just think these first few words are beautiful. There is no fear in love. Imagine living that way right now, unhindered, completely fearless, completely full of love, having received the love of the Father, full of his love, full of his acceptance, and you have no fear. Right there, there is no fear in love. So therefore, if I have a problem with fear, I have a love problem. And I think we all do. And I think this is a journey that you and I are on in order to be able to receive the perfect love, to, to, to understand how the Father perfectly loves us, how he's not going to love us any better than he already loves us. He's already done everything for us, but it getting from, from here into here Knowing the truth is what sets us free, not just hearing it, singing it, reading it, but knowing the truth. When, when, the, when the truth of the God's word gets in your guts, then there's beautiful freedom in that. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. And that casts out, it means to cast down. Perfect love, the perfect love of the Father towards you, it casts out fear of your life. Because fear, look at this, why is it so important that you and I don't operate in this thing called fear? Because fear torments. How many of you long to be tormented? You just want to be tormented. This is a work of the enemy straight from hell. It is a spirit and the enemy will use this thing called fear to torment you. I looked up phobias. There's so many phobias that I didn't even count them. I just saw that there was a, I've looked them up before in the past. There's some that, you know, they, 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 they category them in like three major phobias. But then there's the, the list, A to Z phobias. Why? Why would there be an A to Z phobia, a list, of, a, a list of phobias from A to Z? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because there is a devil that wants to keep you and me in bondage. He is the master of bondage. Know that tonight. He's amazing at putting you in bondage, lying to you, putting you in chain. How many of you remember this dude last week? How many of you remember that? Oh, come on, go with me, church. Come on, front, come on. The dude in chains. 
Sunday, he was just drenched in sweat because I hadn't stand up here so long. But there is so many phobias. Why? Because the enemy is, he's a wise old adversary that's been around since the beginning of time. And you can think of him as a little devil with a stick. And I got to tell, tell you right now, he's an angel of light that wants to deceive you, lie to you, and do whatever he needs to do to keep you in bondage. Why? Because if you're free, think about right now, if you were fully free, think about how would you live if you had no fear? What would you be like? How, what would you even act like in worship? What would you be like at home? What would you be like towards your children and your spouse? And What would you be like? At think about that. If you had zero, zero fear, well, you would be lethal. You would be armed and dangerous. You would be like, wow, people would want to be around you. They, they, I mean, and we have different levels of that, but I'm telling you, we're not, we have not arrived in this area that I think that God wants us to obtain. And I want to talk about this tonight. Let me finish the scripture. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And I think the scripture is a beautiful picture of the journey that you and I are on. We're on this journey of being set free. We're on this journey of being perfectly uh, free perfectly loved of the father we know that down we know that here we we know that for god so loved the world that we know that that he loves us with a unfailing we love but 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 there's something from here to here that we operate in it that we that we really we really 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 yada it yada yada you really really know it it's intimate and it's part of you. And you walk around that way fearless. And so the enemy, he uses his number one tactic tool. And it's called fear. What if, what, what, if, what if you fail? You know what you can do? You can try again. What if you got to eat up on the mission field? They ate you. Well, guess where you're going? You're going to heaven, right? Double, double whammy. Right, you just, double hitter. You 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 going to you're going to heaven. I know it's easier said than done, but but I want to let you know tonight. Fear comes in layers. It can come subtle. Sometimes it comes in your face. The greatest tool, the demonic scheme, a demonic smokescreen that the enemy uses, obstacle the enemy uses to keep you stopped at a green light, no movement. I call it spiritually constipated. Matter of fact, some people throw it in reverse. They give up, go back, and it's all because of this word called fear. I want to read a scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn 1 King 19, 19 through 21. 1 King 19, 19 through 21. Elijah had been all up in a cave. Fearing for his life. Jezebel wrote a letter, scared him spitless. He's under a tree, totally hopeless and suicidal. Now he's in a cave. God whispers to him. He comes out to the edge of the cave and gives him his marching orders. I want you to go anoint Elijah. I want Elijah, I want you to go anoint Elijah and, and these different folks, Jehu. And one of them was Elisha, and he goes and he finds this young prophet, and this young prophet, the brother's a farmer, and he's, and he's, he's, he's got an oxen, he's got 12 oxen, and this is what takes place. I, I want you to see, I think Elijah was testing Elisha in this area of fear. You don't want to be a prophet and be scared. So he departed, 1 King 19, 19 through 21. So he departed from there and he found Elijah, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by and threw his mantle on him. 
that's powerful. I mean, think about that mantle. Wow, he would take that mantle and hit the water and it would split. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. Look, look what Elijah, I think this was a test right here, a test, test. And he said to him, go back again for what I have done to you. I think right then and there, Elisha, Elijah was testing Elijah. Just go back. I think, I honestly think Elijah was an honorary dude, but nevertheless, he's like, go back. And for a moment, it looked like Elisha was going to go back. Look what he does. So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen. Imagine that. He slaughtered those 12 yoke of oxen, boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. I could just see the, the metal and, and the, the wood and the leather and all this burning up. And he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and he followed Elijah and became his servant. It was like this. It was such a beautiful, courageous move because he's like, I'm not just going to follow you, but I'm burning my whole past. I'm not. It may look like I'm going back. I'm going back just for a minute, but I'm burning my past so that I can follow you. And I tell you, he passed that test with flying green colors. And he followed him. And Elijah at times would try to get him to stop following him, but he wouldn't. And he kept following him. And he saw him go up in the whirlwind, and that mantle fell on his life. And then guess what happened to Elijah? Elisha, he had double amount of miracles than his kind of father in the Lord Elijah had. Some people enter into marriage, and all of a sudden, fear enters their marriage. They Marriage can be very complex with lots of different things coming at, at you at different times and from children, you name it. To, and then all of a sudden, the romantic thought, listen to the romantic thought, the romantic thought of divorce. If it's not romantic, tell me why does over 50% of the people do it? Because fear sets in and here's the thought, wow, um, Man, if I got rid of him or her, I could have great peace. If I got rid of him or her, uh, you know, I'm going to be free. It, 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 I, 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 if I got him, man, I and you know what? All those things are true. But the peace is not God peace. That peace right there is more like a, a worldly peace. Because granted, you do get rid of someone. Granted, there is no accountability. Granted, there is freedom. But granted, you just broke covenant. And I'm telling you right now, we're not talking about the shalom peace of God. How many know sometimes taking the, the easy route is not always the right route? Now, I got to qualify things because I'm never here to beat up people or that's been through a divorce. That's not my heart. My heart is that you're struggling right now. I'm here to coach you to get you to keep pressing in. Because I'm going to tell you, through many tribulations shall you enter the kingdom of God. You're going to go through tribulations. That's a promise. That's a, that's a fact, Jack. And those tribulations is narrowed by pressured areas. And you go through a narrowed by pressure area in your marriage. Me and Ray Dean's been through narrowed by pressure areas. But I'm going to tell you right now, you go through the narrowed by pressure area. On the other side of those narrowed by pressure areas is life. And you got to go through those and, 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 and learn through those and mature and grow through those. And don't look at the, the romantic view of like, I'm bailing. Like I think some people could possibly do in the area of suicide. It's not romantic, it's satanic. Are you feeling me? If you're thinking of that tonight, I got news for you. You need to listen to me, and you need to keep pressing on. Are you with me? One of the greatest doors the enemy uses to set up strongholds in our life of fear is through traumatic events. 
How many of you would consider that you've been through some type of traumatic event in your life? If you have, would you just raise your, your hand for a moment? True. That's a lot of... Wow. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be that much, but that's a lot. That's a lot right there. But, you know, Saturday nights is a little different because Saturday night, the night, I asked y'all one time if you've ever been in a shipwreck, and the other services, no shipwrecks, like three shipwrecks on a Saturday night. So Saturday night is a traumatic shipwreck night. But if you've been through a traumatic event, which I would say about 80, 85% of you just raised your hand. I want to let you know that's like blood in the water for sharks when it comes to the enemy wreaking havoc in your life to set up a stronghold. What do I mean by a stronghold? A stronghold to me is a house of thoughts. The enemy comes in there. He, how you respond to the trauma. You can respond to the grace of God or you can respond to the bitterness of hell. You can respond. I tell you what, whenever my sister got killed, I responded like straight from hell. And it really impacted my, I live today with different things that I deal with in my life. I'm 53 years old. It happened when I was 17 years old. When my family are traveling, I still deal. I have to fight a battle of fear of what took place back in the day when I was at that wreck, how I responded. I did not respond to the grace of God. I responded absolute polar opposite to the grace of God. I believe the enemy at that point set up a stronghold in my life that I did not know what was going on and I, I, I strengthened that stronghold with wrong thoughts. You think about you, this thought, 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 this, and then all, all of a sudden you're dealing with a stronghold. God's, his tactics, his words are mighty for pulling down of strongholds. So you apply God's word to those strongholds and you begin to demolish those strongholds out of your heart and out of your, your mind. And out, are, you, are you feeling me tonight? That's for free. That's not, I didn't even really was even going into strongholds, but you just kind of have to go with where you're going. I remember at seven years old, let me give you an example of how the enemy will come in and wreak havoc in your life. He'll, he'll take I'm telling you, he'll take any advantage of any traumatic event. What do you think PTSD is? I tell you, probably a lot of it has to do with the enemy setting what, what men and women are faced with when they're at war and what they see and the trauma and the drama and how that impacts them just psychologically, not including demonically how the enemy wreaks havocs in people's lives. Are, are you hearing me tonight? I remember about seven years old, I got, I, 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 I living with my mom and dad next door to me. I played with this dude and his dog. And one day after school, I went and knocked on their door. And for some reason on this day, their great Dane came around. And all I remember, man, is that guy, he attacked me right on my face, this big, humongous dog. And great Danes, I understand, is not even particularly like angry dogs. He was like an angry bird. And so it attacked me and really jacked me up. I had scar here, and man, I was messed up. I seeing double out of this eye, and it was the, probably the only one and only time that my 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 mother wanted to get a shotgun to kill the dog. Right? Uh, other than that, but my point is this: I got really scared of dogs for a very long time, and I remember one day. Uh, a neighbor of my, my sister's, Hank Kazire, you walk by his house and his German shepherd would bark and it would scare me spitless. And until one day I was walking by that house and that German shepherd started barking at me and coming at me. And I just said, I just, come on! I'm just sick of this. It's on! And I didn't know if I was going to get attacked or whatever, but I was tired of being fearful of dogs. Are you feeling me? Sometimes you just have to, I'm, I'm telling you, you just have to say, come on, hey, it's all like Donkey Kong. Because I'm tired of being fearful. Are you, fear, are, you, are you feeling me? 
There's a fight and there's a flight. And I'm tired of, I'm tired of flighting. We're going to fight, fight, fight. And sometimes you, you really need to do that in this area of fear. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three young, amazing dudes, amazing, godly young men, maybe 15, 16, 17 years old, they lived in a pagan nation that they had been captured, and here is the command of the king. Here, one scripture, here's the command of the king. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. They had all kinds of gods. And on top of their gods and their paganism, he built another idol. And on top of gods and idolatry, now bow to this one in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're just like, we're not going to do it. Fear would easily cause someone to bow in that situation. Because they are, if they don't bow, they are going to go into a tragedy. They're going to go into a, a, a trauma situation. They're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. But they chose not to bow. That's why, that's why they're in the Bible. These three young men, they chose not to bow to whatever you're bowing to at high school or at junior high or at your workplace or whatever you're bowing to, they chose not to bow because they operated. They did not give place to fear. They did not give place to what I call, what the Bible calls a spirit of fear. How many times do we fear instead of pressing on, we take a bow? Where have you taken a bow in your life? Maybe right now it's you've bowed to sexual immorality. Man, it's time that we would not give place to fear in our life. Fear is layered, the church. Fear keeps you quiet when you should speak up. Because the fear of man snares us. We don't stand up for the word and for righteousness. Why? Because of fear. Here's a very popular verse. I believe this is a very important verse. Uh, if you've been in church at, at all, you've heard this verse. I believe it was important to Paul because Paul knew if Timothy didn't get this verse, that he would be limited, that his ministry would not be effective. And here's the scripture. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. How many of you heard that before? If you've been around any at all, you've heard that's, that scripture. First of all, God did not give you fear. Second of all, Fear is a spirit. Feel that. Fear is a spirit, spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. It is not from God. If it's not from God, where is it from? Can somebody say the enemy? Don't be scared to say the enemy. God gives you power. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone say dunamis, where we get the word dynamite. I used to work for laying waterline, and it was really cool, honestly, whenever we had to blow up rocks. You drill in there, and we pack three sticks of dynamite in there, and just like, we don't even know really what's going to, I don't even know what's going to really happen. And we, we, we light it off, you know, on a starter of a backhoe or something, and dunamis. God gives you dynamite power, love. That love is agape. He gives you agape love, sound mind. You know what that is? It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. But I got to tell you, when you are dealing with a spirit of fear, people, you don't have power. You're powerless, dutimous, less. 
You don't have love. Why? Because you're selfish. When a person is fearful, they care too much about themselves. Sound mind. You don't have sound mind. When you're dealing with fear, you're crazy. No, come on. You, you, you are out of control. Are you feeling me? That's what fear is. I'm telling you this, hopefully, because this is some of the stuff I've dealt with most of my life that God wants to peel back in our lives. He, he doesn't want you to be uh, bound in fear. The, the, the Greek word is pneuma. It's a current air breath used of demons or evil spirits or who were conceived as inhabiting the bodies of men. But it's also Duma is the Holy Spirit and wonderful spirit. But there's two sides of this. Amazing saints in the Bible have dealt with the spirit of fear. How many of you remember Peter? How many of you remember what Peter did? What did he do? Help me out. He denied Christ. Who did he deny Christ to? Out of the three people he denied Christ to, who was two? One was a servant girl. This is a crusty old stinking fisherman, man. He's walked on water with Jesus. Come on, somebody. And he denies Jesus with a servant girl. That means a young girl. That's a spirit of fear. The next one was another girl. Spirit of fear. And then he began to weep and cry and the rooster, and you know the story. And he just hopeless. Why? A spirit of fear. Gideon, he's, he's hiding, threshing. What is he doing? Threshing wheat in a wine press? Angel comes to him. He's like, dude, you got the wrong dude. I'm the weakest link in the chain. My chain is the weak chain, and then I'm the weakest chain link. And God speaks to him, a mighty man of valor. Come on, that's who you are. Tell, 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 your, tell your neighbor right there, you are a mighty man or woman of valor. Now, please say it like you, please don't lie. Say it like you believe it. Come on, tell them. When the Egyptians, Israel is now out of Egypt, they're running for their life. Guess who decides to chase after them? Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Guess what happens to Israel? They get fearful. They're like freaking out. They say some stupid stuff. Let me, let me, let me tell you something they said. This is what they said to, 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 to Moses. He said that, because there are no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve Egyptians? I'm like, how stupid can you be and still be breathing? You were slaves in Egypt. You want to stay in Egypt? Come on. You know what's, what's, guard, you know what's leading their life is a spirit of fear. And you know the, the end of the story, how, you know, God <laughs> makes their wheels fall off their chariots and then buries them in the sea, you know? Uh, it, it's just beautiful because this is what Moses told him. This is what God said. Listen to this. Uh, Exodus 14, 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell, listen to this. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I think that's a prophetic word for somebody here. You need to go forward. What did Paul say? This one thing I do, I, what? Forget, 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 say that, forget, forget the past. When you live in the past, you just live a depressed life. You live in the future, you live a worry wart life. God wants you to live in the now, right now. He's right here with us right now. You know what makes a hero? Heroes, honestly, real heroes, they're, it's not like they're never scared because they're human. But heroes are ones that are courageous, they're boldness in the presence of fear. 
They, they are faced with the same fears you and I are faced. But those who are heroes are going in when people are running out. We celebrated 9-11 or either remembered the memory of 9-11. People going into the tower while people were running out. First responders in, uh, firemen, policemen, whoever it was who risked their life. Many died, but heroes, why? Because they face fear, but they still don't allow fear to stop them from doing the right integrous thing. Are you hearing me today? A spirit of fear. I'm not saying that it was wrong. Yeah, those people should run out of the tower. But heroes go in to help others in the face of fear. David. David was sent in, prime example. He was sent in on the, the front battle line to take food to, I think, his brothers and maybe some of the generals or whatever. While he was there, he hears jungle breath Goliath. Jungle breath Goliath has been intimidating the army of Israel for, I think, like 40 days. Imagine that. Somebody getting in your grill every morning and every evening, and you sit there, and you put your clothes on, and you do a battle scream, and then you don't do nothing. What is that? And Dave was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uh, 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 Eliab intimidates David. Uh, 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 what are you, uh, 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 little brother, what are you doing here? Where's, the sh where's your daddy's sheep? You know what David does? Someone say a bold confession. Man, you got to speak up. Don't stay quiet. David looks at his brother and says, is there not a cause? And then the, the, the king tries to intimidate David. Hey, 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 you're but a youth. This guy has been a man of war since his youth. You're just a youth. I want you to see, I want to read this in closing to see David's response. Because your response to fear makes a humongous difference. Right in the midst of fear, right in that very moment, how will you respond? How will you respond in the moment of fear is very important because if you don't respond correctly, you give fear an inch. It takes a mile right now. And look, look how David responds. It's absolutely beautiful, this 15-year-old boy. Think about that for a minute. Let me read it. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and a man of war from his youth. For you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. Y young people, don't despise your youth, but don't act foolish. David wasn't acting all foolish. He was acting like a man. But David said to Saul, your servant, listen to these words real good. I know, you, I know you read this before, most of you, but listen to this. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Listen. And when the lion or the bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it, struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. From from its mouth, a bear, from its, uh, a lion, from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Can somebody say fearless? 15-year-old dude. A bear is pretty intimidating, not including the king of the jungle, lion. Bold confession. What will you do? How will you respond in the moment of fear? David just boom, boom, boom. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircum uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, this is, here's the key. Do this with me, key. Do, 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 do this with me. Do, 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 go with me, key. Here's the key. The Lord delivered me. 
From the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and be, and the Lord be with you. Here's the, here's the key. David took the lamb out of the bear in the lion's mouth. Bear, David took him by the beard, struck him. But David knew who it was that conquered the bear and the lion. It was the Lord. And the same Lord that conquered the bear and the lion is going to conquer the uncircumcised Philistine. The same God that delivered you from addiction, that delivered you from that wreck, delivered you from the death, delivered you from that surgery or that disease, whatever you're going through, the same God who delivered you then is the same God who will deliver you now. He will, the giant that is in your grill right now is not a problem for the Lord our God who says, not by might nor by power, it's by his spirit, it's not by few or by many, it's by the spirit of God. Yeah. Are you with me? So how will you respond in the moment of fear? Uh, you know that dude, he, he always smacks me around and uh, I guess I'll never have anything better than him. I guess I'll go back to that jerk. That's wrong thinking in the midst of fear. Are you feeling me? Fear's layered. I might not be able to speak of your fear right now, but I have had layers of it. And it's important that you come out with a bold confession. And I gave, I'm going to end with my, thank you for your patience. Love your guitar. <laughs> Told my wife, I said, it reminded me of Prince. Back in the day, I went to a Prince concert, and Prince was just ripping this white guitar, and I'm like, dude, that's a sick, that's a sick guitar. Just, I want to give you my top 10 when it comes to fear, and then we're done. I want to pray for you, because if you're dealing with fear, Go after it tonight. Why, 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 bow? Why, 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 flight? Here's my top 10. Number one, don't give fear an inch. Number one, don't give fear an inch. Number two, run to fear. That's what David did with Goliath. He, he's like, where's Goliath at? Let's go. Oh, right there. Let's go. A lion, the male lions will, my understanding, will line up on one side and the female lions on the other side. Female lions are the vicious hunters. And whenever their prey comes through, the lions will roar so loud that it will run whatever animal right into the line of the female lioness who are vicious hunters and the prey is dead. They ran away from the roar and they got killed. Run to the roar. Run to the fear. Are you with me? Number three, bold confession. Tell the dog I'm not running any longer. Bold confession. Number four, Understand the Lord is the one who defeats the lions and the bears and the giants in your life. He did it then. He can do it now. Are you with me? Yeah. Number five, bring fear to the light. If you have a phobia, which I've dealt with, I've talked with others that, that have dealt with fears and people who have dealt with people with fears. And there's a lot of weird phobias that are very, very real but I'm going to tell you right now, when you bring it to the light and you walk with other people who can walk with you through those fears, like a Jim Ferguson and those who are trained, I'm telling you, don't allow, just don't stay buried in your fear. Are you with me? If you're a pig, it's okay to stay in the mud because that's your character. But if you're a sheep, a sheep wants to get out of the mud, right? 
don't be a pig. Don't stay in the mud, amen? I'm not calling anyone a pig. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. Come on, we're sheep, right? Get out of the mud. Number six, the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain. How many of you remember Wizard of Oz? Just that old man back there. The enemy's back there just working your, working your fears. Number seven, receive God's perfect love. God, I don't know what it means, but please, I want it. I, I want it so bad. I, I want to be absolutely freed, tormented no longer. Receive your love. Number eight, fear. False evidence appearing real. False. It's, it's, it's evidence. It's appearing real, but it's false. Why? Because the devil's a liar. Are you with me? Number nine, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Call out on Him. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, building up your most holy faith. That's what Jude says. Number 10, nothing is under your bed or in your closet or in the dark, so go write powerful scriptures on your mirrors. What's that mean, J.O.? I remember our daughter, Jamie. She struggled with fear. And all of a sudden, she starts writing them on mirrors. I mean, just these, and she would go after fear with these scriptures. Matter of fact, I kept one of those mirrors. You do whatever you need to do. How will you respond in the moment with fear makes a huge difference.